falafel? Dude, that sounds good. Have you had falafel? I have, yeah. I had one. I went to Warp Tour, and it's like the only thing they had there that was somewhat exotic and I actually wanted to eat. But then I, I was like, hey, can I just get this? And then, of course, they douse it in like mayo or some shitty-ass sauce, and it was terrible. I was distressed. No, it couldn't have been mayo. Dude, it was bad. What, what's the sauce you put on falafel? Because it was like it, a... like the tzatziki. Yeah, thank you. Right on cue. <laughs> or tahini. tahini what's what's the difference? Too. I don't know what the difference is. It was well, not tahini because well, I know what tahini is. Swine. Yeah, I don't think yeah. that's what it is. Hey, are you a I vegan, bro? Who, me? Yeah, I didn't think so. All right, fuck off. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, man. I had like a delicious ham and egg sandwich this morning. Got like uh, some of the best chicken in Chicago a couple of nights ago. I got like, I don't know. I'm going to eat a burger later. That sounds Listen, amazing. Listen, I get it. I'm je- I'm a little jealous of you guys. And here's the thing that I've been pushing I've been pushing for for a little bit now. And I mentioned it the other day and I think we should do it. All the many Nick's Wall vegans uh should do a little cookout for all of us non-vegans. Cuz there is plenty of vegan food that I really like. And uh you know, those uh I don't know if you guys have had those uh whatever that new burger is thing. Oh, I fucking have the Beyond burger. Yeah, I want to try that. So if you guys, I want, I want you guys to cook for us one of these times. My Beyond roommate has talked that up like all the time. That Beyond Burger, I haven't had it yet though. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta find it. I think you could even order it, but usually Whole Foods is supposed to have it. It's, it's good. What's in it? it I mean, it's a lot of things. It, it's all plants, but it says uh, the the main things that I took away was pea protein, is like the body of it. I don't know why they say pea protein that throws me off. It's peas. It's peas. And then they, I don't know, they use different amounts of different vegetables and they kind of make it juicy. So they put like little bits of beet juice in there, but it doesn't taste anything like beets. And uh, I don't know, it was fire. The first time I had it, I went to Whole Foods and ordered it like from the burger bar. So that was the first experience and it was real good. But something about pea protein. That just doesn't. You shouldn't call it pea protein because it sounds like you're like pulling out the protein in your piss. Like no one wants that. You guys want to see something wild? Yeah. Hold on. Oh Dude. my god. I know it's all it's all gone. You, Why'd you, you shave it? You should have. So my. Just in. You shouldn't have just. Uh... Well. Yeah, that so was a real smack to the face. I know. Uh. It was a real smack to the face, too, when my buzzer died, like, midway through me shaving 15 minutes ago. I just told the story when that happened to me, and it was the most harrowing experience of my life. Yeah, and I realized that I left my charger at my parents' house in New York. <laughs> this was my exact story. This is the yeah, exact, exact story. story. Really? <laughs> yes. So, like, I, I just had, like, a... I had, like, a... Because I was kind of lazy this week, so I had, like, a really short, like, sides and just, like, this thick goatee going on. So I just had to come all the way home. Wow. That's all right. I'll get used to it. Do you like we'll it? Are it. you glad you cut it off? Uh, I mean, like, it satisfies this urge that I've had for a couple of months now. I don't know if it was the right decision, but, I mean, I was keeping it pretty short anyway. It'll be back in a week. That's not too bad, then. We need it back, because your look was just the stuff of legends. The Snapchat was just popping off. Every time I, it was a Corvo I Snapchat, you, I, w- I got excited. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I was just, I don't know, I was feeling a little too Jesus-y some days. I'm gonna get like I'm gonna get a little trim tomorrow, I think, and then we'll see what happens. You when know, was the last time you got a haircut? Because your haircut's pretty, your hair's pretty long too. Yeah, I, I mean, like I got it. I got a really bad trim back in like February, but I've been growing it since about October. It's fantastic. Thank you. Don't let it go. Hey, you keep doing you. <laughs> All right, you want to talk Knicks? <laughs> yeah. Hello, folks, and welcome to the TKW Podcast. I'm Matt Spendley, and I'm joined today by Kyle Maggio and his dogs. What's going on? <laughs> Nothing much, man. And I'm also joined by Anthony Corbo. It's uh, me, Corbo. Back-to-back episodes, brother. 
I know. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be about. here. Just like old times. So, not much going on. We know it's the summer with the Knicks. Um, Kyle and I were talking a little bit before we were recording about the shit-ass performance of one Sonny Gray. Kyle, would you care to elaborate on that at all? He's just remarkably awful. Just truly, objectively, remarkably, astoundingly awful. He's just a bum. He really is. I, I can't do this anymore. You just know every fifth day. Just, he sucks. But so does Lance Lynn, who actually pitched well today. So, Well, in, in fairness, his first, I think it was like two-thirds of his games pitched this year, he was impressively hot garbage in his last, like, 10 or 15 games he's been on fire supposedly yeah well he's been he's been definitely better Sonny Gray just can't pitch in New York I was saying this before we hopped on but the man when he gets to Yankee Stadium there's something about him he just he cannot he simply cannot do it so when they get to the playoffs if he starts a playoff game there's something seriously wrong but I don't think he'll have to which is good because holy shit um all right enough Yankees I have a couple Knicks takes that I want to fire off. We're going to get through our 10 through 19 uniform numbers to end the pod. Uh, A little less contentious this week than last because some of them are retired, have obvious options. They're all fucking retired. Yeah, not all of them. There's a couple that we can can hop down memory lane. but There's a couple that are bound to be too. Yes. I have a take that people seem to disagree with me on. And when I was bringing up all the uniform stuff, it reminded me. I do not like the Knicks uniforms of like the late 90s, early 2000s, up until like 2010, 2011 that had the black piping. I don't think they're good. I think they're so much better now with just the white, the blue, and the orange. Please discuss. But I think the like the trapezoid black ones, I Both had a weird... Anything with the black, I just well, don't here. think it looks good hold with on, the color hold combo. On, hold on. Just hold on. All right, go ahead. The, the trapezoid <laughs> black ones that they wore like towards the end of the 90s and everything and, you know in the 99 finals and stuff those like i had a weird affinity for it for a while but they're pretty much bottom you know towards the bottom of as far as nick's uniform power rankings go um i kind of dug some of the ones that they broke out around like you know 2002 2003 when they kind of narrowed the pipes a little bit but you know the some of the black like the there's too much black right on blue it looked weird on like the collar and stuff uh, and then they did. They, you're absolutely right. Where they got it right in like 2010, uh, when they kind of like mostly took that black out of there. And I like the uniforms we have now, but I still think the ones that we had from like 2010 until like 2012, I want to yeah. say. The first year with the white was the good year when they went yeah, 154 yeah. games. Oh man, I remember when they announced that shit too. When I was at I was at college, I got so hyped. Yeah. I literally told the teacher like so a teacher asked me what my favorite color was. And I told them, I'm like a fucking freshman too, like I'm a piece of shit. And I, I, they're like, what's your favorite color? I'm like, I don't know, I'll know tomorrow after I know what color blue the Knicks are going with. <laughs> that is impressive, Corvo. Because <laughs> my color is not blue, it's green. I don't care no, what my the color, Knicks are My favorite color is actually orange, but I was, oh. you know, like 17 at the time. Kyle, do you have a take on these black jerseys? I feel like you like them more than I do. I did, but... My thing was when they switched over to the ones that they have now, where it's nice and clean and just the blue, orange, and white, I I was really on board. I was looking forward to it. I think, for me anyway, it was just more bad memory stuff associated with it. I was like, now we got Amari, you know, now we got Mello, now. Hey, one thing though. What? I, I really don't like the silver on the new jerseys. Disagree. It just Not, feels. What? I disagree. I think it looks sharp. Oh, I think it's so unnecessary. I'd much rather just go with the orange, white, and uh, and blue. Like, I don't know why. Like, I'm, I agree with you. I don't need the black there, but I don't know why they need anything. Like, it's a strong color scheme just having those three. Yeah. It kind of takes away from it when you put the gray in. I agree. But it helps the main logo. You got to keep this in mind. Because if the main logo was just, okay. I think if it had just the white around it, I think with the silver, it looks much better in the main logo. So I think that might have played a factor when they were making the switch. I... The main logo, maybe. I don't know. I like. I could see the silver being in the main logo, but I don't need it to be piping in the jersey. That's just where I stand. That's just where I'm standing uh, on it. Are we talking about uh, this in the wake of the Lakers jerseys, by the way? Kind of, the, and the, I also saw a picture today that was talking about some old Knicks uniforms, and I was looking back. But do you guys not like those Lakers unis? 
I love the I yellow white. I hated the purple one. Yeah, I, I there's something even with those ones, I can't put my finger on it quite yet. Like we have to look at it a little bit more closely and probably see it on them when they play. It do, still doesn't quite feel Showtime to me. Like they kind of there. I feel like there's something that's still missing from the design. I can't really put my finger on it, but I don't, I don't think it's what's missing. I think it's what they added. No, them. but I I agree. I'm not even talking about the purple ones. I'm talking no, no, about no, neither the, am I. I'm talking about okay. those. If you look at the shoulder piping. Uh-huh. I think maybe it's it's probably the main collar too. Normally the old Showtime piping was just purple, I think on the inside and then white on the outside or vice versa, but mm. there was no yellow. So they added a yellow on the end and then it was white and mm, then Yeah, I see what you mean. And then I think that throws it off because the whole uh reason everybody liked the Showtime ones was because like the purple and white was the stark contrast on the jersey. I kind of feel about these the like, same as I feel about the Knicks jerseys right now. Like, it's nice because you could tell, like, you know, the the obvious, like, the Knicks jerseys that they wear currently are definitely supposed to be based off of those, you know, 90s and, like, 70s iconic jerseys and all that. But there's just, like, slight changes in them that take it away. And I would have rather just seen them go for a different design. Like, these are cool. I would have liked to see these in, as an alternate and see them just go kind of a different way with it. It's yeah. just like it seems like a, a mediocre take on the original design. Do you guys remember the one year? I think it was 2011 when the Knicks wore almost those exact like throwback jerseys from the championship team. So it was yeah, basically the color now, and they have the old oh. font. Do you like those better than the current ones? Absolutely. Which 150 percent. The ones like Melo wore them in his first game, right? Against yes, the Bucks. Like when they played the Bucks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, those ones were beautiful. They looked great on everyone except for Amari Stoudemire. Because that's what you're describing, Corbo, is that without the well, silver. Because I think it's just blue, right. orange, white, and that's it. Right. It's it's like exact replicas. And I'm not saying they have to. They should go back to that as like the everyday uniforms. I just think that, like, I just think that I don't know. It's probably a, a take that not too many people agree with. But I just feel like when you put a, produce a watered down version of that and enact a modernization or whatever, it's just it it's so hard to make it go well. I feel like both the ones that the Knicks currently wear and these new Lakers jerseys just miss the mark slightly. Are we a pl- pro blue paint podcast? 130%. That okay, orange good. paint looks fucking gross. You know what? It's as simple as the blue paint just looks tougher. You know what I mean? Because the orange, yeah. it's it lined up too much with the floor. The exactly. blue paint was a no-brainer for them to go back to. So glad they Thanks. did that. I, yeah, I almost I was... couldn't believe that they did it. I don't I remember... It was such an eyesore, and I was like, they're just always good. Because everything with the with the Knicks that time was just miserable. So I was like, I know they're just going to stick with it. They're not even going to change the fucking floor. Yeah, because, like, like, no one gave a shit except for, like, you, me, and Alan Hahn. Pretty much. <laughs> and that was Alan Hahn's, like, uh, project <laughs> that he was yeah, working on. By that. That, it was his passion project. He was like, I am going to make them switch this if it's the last thing I do at <laughs> MSG. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's talk just a bit about some news, and then I got a couple other segments that will hit before we uh, – wind down but so Fizdale just got done with KP in Latvia was there with him for a few days I know there was a report too that a Knicks, uh, some of the Knicks assistant coaches had been checking in on Mitchell Robinson at home so the Knicks clearly putting in the work I know we've seen all these guys working out and Kevin Knox has been working out a lot Frank Nielakina is going to be playing in uh, what's the exact term is it the FIBA tournament in, uh, in September uh, which is pretty cool so I think it's just good to see the coaching staff doing the things that they were they were following up on. And we've had some great content from our writers. We had a great piece by James Woodruff the other day about how the Knicks are really pushing forward the agenda of minorities by having a president and a general manager and a head coach that are all black, which is awesome. And um, honestly, look how well it's working. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is... I don't know. It it frustrates me that it's taken so long for it to actually happen. And then you see, you know, you you put people into a position of power and good things start to happen. So it's been all good. The only reason it basically this is just the most dead time of the year, because the only thing that we get is the Fizdel Latvia story was awesome, obviously, because that's something that is just on the back burner for now. So it's Tim Hardaway Jr. crossover today. That looked cool. That was, that's news at this point. Was it on Dwayne Wade's son? No, it was, uh, I don't even know where it was. No, I just saw the one. It was from like earlier this season. It was like a highlight clip. 
There's nothing else going on that counts oh, as news. So you just, it's a highlight clip from the NBA season. It wasn't even current. Yeah, no, it's from the NBA season. It was like a, it's like this is the like top 50th like crossover of the year wow. or something. That's that's what we got. The the last second half of the year. Tim Hardaway Jr. is like 43rd on crossovers in the NBA this season. <laughs> Fucking put it on the front page of the post. Well, let's uh, let's go down memory lane just a little bit, and then we'll get into our jersey numbers because. There was a tweet today from NBA TV. They were showing a bunch of Knicks content. They were talking about some of the best moments in franchise history. So we were getting some great answers. I think the first moments that come to mind for someone like me who, and I've mentioned those of you guys that listen know, I was born in 95. I'm 23 years old. So the moments that define the Knicks are of a certain ilk and are a certain genre of, of moment. I think the first big moment I can remember from when I was young was when Jamal Crawford scored 50 points. That was awesome. And I can remember something that meant more to me was when the Knicks made the playoffs and they lost to the Celtics. I think that was like a, a high point. Cause it was like, wow. And then when the Knicks got mellow, but a lot of people said a definite high point for me, that was like, that's still, cause that was, I, I maybe wasn't quite a paying attention Knicks fan around the same time you were. But, like, just a couple of years after that. So, like, the first real taste of success I was even seeing was, you know, that playoff yes. game, that playoff matchup. A lot of people mentioned Linsanity, which I am 100% on board with. But I think my main point when I was reading some of these responses, and I know some people pointed it out, is that how sad is it that our generation's high points are, like, Carmelo Anthony hitting an awesome clutch three on an Easter game that really didn't matter at all or a moment during the year when the Knicks ended up going to the playoffs and losing in the first round. There are all these moments that really just, like, hold no... Like, if you ask me my favorite Yankees moments or Giants moments or Rangers moments, they're playoff moments. Those are the ones that stick out. And with the Knicks, simply not the case for obvious reasons. Kyle, are you there? Sorry, bad podcasting. I was changing into my Jamal Crawford jersey after you said that. <laughs> I, I was actually saying something. I was on mute. Oh, so, I was going to say, because you were quiet for staying- so long. I was staying quiet for. Th- I thought I was talking. Everyone stayed silent. But it threw, threw me off. I was preoccupied. No. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's what's true. the we, moment we got... that Kyle? What's the moment when you think like just right off the cuff? Don't even like think about it for a second. The moment for the Knicks that just is your favorite. I don't. You're thinking about it. This is exactly what I told you not to. Yeah. Do. Not. Yeah, so yeah, and me, you're the, the you're the supposed thing, to be the old head around here. Yeah, yeah the first the first thing that no, the first thing that came to mind to me was the game I was actually at, which uh, I love talking about and saying that I was you were, at. Wait, was you the, you were at the Mellow game on Easter? Oh yeah, I was at the you Mellow were. game on oh, Easter. Oh wow, I was. I was, I, I was right <laughs> above the player tunnel. It was nice. My God. Yeah, and yeah, that game because I was on uh, the Knicks basket for the fourth quarter in overtime, so. I like he was shooting on my basket, you know, and I was really close. I was right above the tunnel, so I had a great angle on it. And uh, you know, that that place lost its mind. I mean, just have it. That was like the beginning of the mellow marriage. Still, you know, that was only his first real year in, I believe, or second year. The first, yeah, that was 2011, 2012. Yeah, so the first, yeah, real first season. full year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, I, we're still. Pulling for him, we had our star and everything, and then your star goes off for, I think it was 45 that game, and just took over down the stretch. So for me, just being there because I'm biased, I, I don't think that might have been the best like moment. Well, all right, moment, but for me, yeah. So after the last couple of years, every time Kyle has told that story on the podcast, I have immediately <laughs> followed it up with the story of how I was at the Tony Douglas nine three pointer game, which uh, basically Patrick, the same they, thing, same level of excitement. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was fucking electric in there. It was St. Patrick's Day. Uh, but that was, that was like, that's one of my defining Knicks moments, too. But let's just transform this question that you're asking now, too, because that's my that's Kyle's obvious answer. This is my obvious answer. But, Matt, what's the best game that you've been to at the Garden? Okay, so it's not even a question for me because, you know what, let me take you very quickly through the lowlights first. I've been to three or four Knicks games over the last two years, and I think they've lost by an average of 30 points because I was at – what I've told before on this podcast, I was at the game where Derrick Rose disappeared and they got smacked. Anthony Davis scored like 50 <laughs> points. Yeah. I was at a oh, game. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> I, will, I saw them play the Rockets last year at the beginning of the year. 
and it got so bad that Jochi played in the game at the end, and there was um like it, there was a large contingency of Asian fans in my section, which was awesome because they all went ballistic when he came in the game, and then he scored. So it was I just stand a, for Jochi being a, a capable center in the league at some <laughs> dude, point. Dude, he's big. Like, well, I mean, what more could you ask for? Uh, I saw them play the Magic in twenty. I think it was twenty eleven with my friend that was a Magic fan at the time. Like right. Maybe even 2010 on MLK Day, right when the Dwight Howard stuff was like peaking, and JJ Redick and Ryan Anderson just mutilated the Knicks. I haven't seen them Side win note, a game in a long I, time. I that, saw them play the Sixers a few years ago, but what? Oh no, I was gonna say I one of my favorite NBA games I've ever been to was Magic uh, Pistons down at the Amway Center, and it was I only really appreciate that game because it was Ben Wallace's last season, and getting to watch that guy play and just destroy like both but like i swear to god those hoops hung a lot lower by the time he was done with them <laughs> and it was his last year like the guy oh it's incredible ben anyway, wallace I'm, was i think he's gonna go a little underrated in in the lexicon once he, he's i'm a, a so name fucking stoked that he's on tour in china with rashid right now yes and they're like not even going to like basketball camps or anything they're just going to clubs what more would you ask for we've seen sheed we know what he's about the I'm man so does, he knows what he's about uh so this is I'm all sorry. to say, my, no, you're fine. My The best game I've been to by far was in 2013. I went to Nick Celtics game two, and JR was given the sixth man of the year award that night. And I still don't know if I've heard the garden louder. And I've been to, you know, maybe like eight to ten games in my life at the garden and then some Rangers games too, but it was even the, during the game, the only time it was louder was he hit like a half court three to end the first quarter, and that's where he did the famous, uh, you know, the three celebration he did where he would windmill and then go right near his face with the threes like uh, like the Jazz hands for three. That was the best we game call, I've been we to. We call that the uh, J.R. Henny around here. Yes. By uh, our let merch. me ask you a question <laughs> that just popped into my head. Go for it. How do you think that if, if you think that J.R. Smith looks back on his time in New York, how do you think he interprets it? What, oh. what do you think his his leave his parting thoughts from the New York Knicks are after a few years? It has to be fondly. Like, I think he loved playing in New York, and I think that he enjoyed Woodson. And the way that it ended obviously wasn't ideal, but I don't see how we could look back on it and have any bad memories. Because I think even at the worst points, I don't think Knicks fans ever disliked Jr. Like it didn't get to the point where people were calling for him to simply not be on the team anymore. Besides, at the very very end, and that was just. The nature of the team was just different at that point. So I don't know. I, I might be re- misremembering that, and I wasn't on Twitter as much, and we weren't as tapped in with some of the fans at that point. But I certainly never felt that. I was always a big fan of JR. No, I think he was probably the second most. I mean, he wasn't the second most important Nick, but I think he got the second most recognition yeah. for a lot of people because he was. I mean, he scored well for us. Those were his best seasons in, of his career, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, he, by far. He scored he, 18 he was, and a half, and when he yeah, won six man a year, he was fantastic. Yeah, and he was fairly efficient too because he 42%. was just either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, he was really good. He was really good that year. I, I think he's got well the twenty twelve thirteen year, but most of the seasons, it's got to be fondly. I can't imagine why it wouldn't be fondly. He was a you know he was local. I think he's a New Jersey guy. He was near his family. He played the best ball of his career. I don't know. Had to be that. Hey, on that note, uh, didn't either of you listen to JJ Reddick's podcast with Donovan Mitchell? Did not. I always intend to listen to that podcast, and I never get to it. Yeah, well, I'm working from home these days, so I have a lot of free time. <laughs> uh, so I was listening to that pod today, and one thing that really stuck out to me is how fucking proud Donovan Mitchell is to be a New Yorker. So you know what that means. I'm just saying, yeah. Soon. Back of the back of the head. All right, moving on. Jimmy Butler, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Donovan Mitchell, Kari Anthony Towns. Your starting lineup for your 2020 Knicks, ladies and gents. Absolutely. Don't ask questions how it happens. Line up for my fucking my GM profile on 2K. <laughs> I saw there was some pushback to the idea that 2019 free agency is going to be big for the Knicks uh, in the in coming days, or I should say in the recent days, just because Berman pointed out that KD is going to want to play in the new arena for the Warriors. But I was never really looking at this summer for 2019 as the big one. I was kind of thinking the next one. That's how I always was looking at this, and that's why. When I know, I think a lot of our our listeners and our uh, Twitter people that interact with us on Twitter agree that it should be a priority to go there. So getting rid of 
a guy like Joe Kim Noah just let his contract ride out. I don't know. I might be in the minority there, but that's how I've always seen this playing out. Realistically, yeah. I mean, everybody just kind of gets caught up in the pipe dream. Which is understandable. It's exciting to think about. And the Knicks have been so bad for so long. It's exciting to think about, but it happens all the time. Everybody goes crazy over the names. Rumors start to fly that kind of gets spun in a weird way where Kyrie's reported denial of the Celtics contract extension kind of got thrown as, oh, he has interest in New York. He's going to come to New York. But really, it's because he can make $80 million more if he just didn't sign the first extension and sign the second extension. So I don't know. I mean, we, there's no reason to buy into that crap. I think you'd say there's like a 1% chance of Kyrie leaving the Celtics. I know you, you say it makes no sense that he would ever leave. It makes no sense. It really doesn't. So, and I, we also I, need but, to, yeah. what about money stuff? Salary cap. The Celtics Jason can Tatum, all those guys. Yeah, well, that they'll they'll have to prioritize, and that's another question. But if you're keeping, if it's between Kyrie and Hayward, if it came down to that, like I'd keep Kyrie, mm. and they'll have to pay a guy like Tatum. But you know, I mean, they definitely want to get Anthony Davis on the team too, which is another thing that could be thrown into. That's how it happens if the Celtics get a bigger star. Or feel like they need to just get rid of someone to keep their the money realistic because you see they're not going to get rid of their swingmen like Brown and Tatum aren't going anywhere. Yeah, they're they're going to have. I don't to have do a something. ton of faith that uh, I, I really don't have a ton of faith that Terry Rozier is you know starting point guard material in the NBA long term. He's not. But I feel like you got to like if it comes down to a trade for Anthony Davis, like Kyrie's got to be in the package, right? One would think, or Hayward. Like I, I think the money would match up, but I still find it hard I, to believe the Pelicans would trade him. I do, why they'd have to be so bad. Well, that's and I kind of like their lineup. Like I think, Kyrie. I think that the, the Pelicans will have no reason because I think the Pelicans will be good this year, and I don't see why we should think they'll be bad. That's true. That's very um, true. Yeah, but need to keep in mind if you're a betting man, like you should still bet against the Knicks not getting anyone because that's the most realistic scenario. I say the same thing for these situations. I'll believe it when I see it and not a second before. Yes. It's just one of those things that you don't ever envision happening. For example, my my biggest one in recent memory was when I was convinced Dwayne Wade would never leave the Bulls, I mean, uh, the Heat, and then he left for the Bulls. And then at first it was almost officially reported, and I was like, I don't believe it. I, I have to see him in a different jersey to believe it. And then once I saw Wade in the, the Bulls jersey, I was like, Jesus, it's it's for real. Yeah. Same thing you with think the, Wade this. signs anywhere else this year. Um, I hope he retires in Miami, to be honest with you. I think he might do that kind of like, you know, sign the one day with Miami, retire from the NBA, and go play in China for a while. He could. Yeah. They were offering him a contract. He's still iffy. You so can make mad see. fucking money over there, though. Yeah, I think what they say, like three years, 25 or something like that. Yeah. Like for a guy so, his age, that's not bad at all. He's not making in the NBA. Oh, hell no. No, no, no. All right, let's get into 10 through 19 for the jerseys. So, as I mentioned before, this one, not quite as much to debate. We don't have the some of the built-in arguments that we had for the other ones. And those of you that filled out, again, thank you to everyone. You'll notice that some of them only had three options because, for example, the first number is number 10, which obviously is Walt Frazier. And the other two options were Max Zaslavsky, who was one of the first Knicks to actually make a name for himself at the time. And then Jim Biketold. I don't even know if I'm saying his name right, but 100% 100 of people voted for Clyde. Not one troll out there. So (laughs) congratulations, guys. We beat the trolls. (laughs) So number 10 is Clyde. And then for those of you, if you're listening this week and didn't listen to last week, go ahead back, listen to last week after you finish this up. We did zero through nine. And then we're doing 10 through 19 this week. And then after this week, we'll have to see, make sure there's still enough options in the 20s. So we're just going to go from there. Yeah. Last week was far more contentious than it I think was. this week is going to be. But we'll see. I don't even know half these fucking names, well, man. Well, I, I had to reach for some, to be frank. Oh, there, because... was, some, there was one I was really mad. Oh, it, it's, all right, conti- let's continue. All right, so yeah, number 11 is. Yeah, this one I was really fucking mad at you for. No, I was not going to put Frank Nielakina in there. Come on, guys. <laughs> Come on. Cause, well, you know why I did I it? Because I knew if you... for him, but I wanted to see him there. I knew if I put him in, people were going to vote for him, and it just wouldn't be a realistic result. It was just really... You put his fucking jersey in the picture, and you wouldn't I... put him in the actual poll? I don't know, man. Something that fishy could, about that. That could just as easily be some other number 11s. I, could, I right, well, It doesn't have to be his. 
Read me the stats, Maddie. <laughs> so, Jamal Crawford was the winner with 42% of the vote. That's fucking right he was. And then Bob McAdoo got 29, and Derek Harper got 21. So, again, I would probably go with one of the older guys because it makes more sense. Like, Bob McAdoo was excellent for the Knicks. He scored, like, 27 points a game for them at the turn of this, uh, the decade when they were kind of in the middle of nowhere after the championship teams. And then Harry Gallatin was one of the, the great Knicks from before the championship teams, too. A great rebounder, a great scorer. Derek Harper, obviously point guard on some of the championship teams. Jamal Crawford was a good Knicks, though. a heavy number when you think about it. What's that? There's just, there's just a lot of talent when it comes to number 11. For this one Knicks. was good because I think yeah. for – I don't know a lot about Johnny Green because he's an older no, guy. but, but the, the bottom four are pretty uh, – There's a good option here. So did yeah. you guys choose Jamal Crawford? Yeah. I, I did, Oh, yeah. go ahead. No, I just I mainly did because obviously I watched Jamal Crawford, you know, growing up, and I have a signed Jamal Crawford jersey, so I this number wins for me entirely on bias. I picked Jamal Crawford for the exact same reasons that Mac picked um, Bob McAdoo, because they he basically did come right after a pretty successful era for the Knicks, and he scored a bunch of points for them. And he did it for just a little bit longer than Bob McAdoo did. Yeah, McAdoo so, was really only barely two years. Like, it was not right. a long stint with the Knicks. So that's why I don't think there's really a wrong answer. No, there's not. There's not. This is a, I mean, this one's eventually going to be Frank Nielakina, but that's neither here nor uh, there. Uh, neither here nor there. Hope. Although, I, I don't know. I don't really know anything about Bob McAdoo, the person. But I know that Jamal Crawford has spoken at times about him having fond memories of being in New York. Yes. And, like, considering the state of the team when Jamal Crawford played for us, for him to still have that opinion, like, I don't know, that holds some water for me. That is true. And we got to commend that guy for still playing the exact same way and looking the same he did when he was in New York 15 years later. It's unbelievable. (laughs) The correct answer for number 11, if you're just going to go by the stats, is probably Gallatin. But I think Crawford is a better answer than... Harper and then McAdoo was just so damn good but it was uh, such a short time that I think you can get away with saying Crawford too so I think Gallatin Crawford or McAdoo all good options but you guys voted Crawford so Crawford it is uh next few are pretty much lined up you uh do you have a Vince Borila jersey hanging in your closet right now uh you know what I don't but I what about can, Kenny Sears? No, but what I was going to say was I currently am on the NBA website ordering a custom one as we speak. Oh, good. Without the black in it, just because oh, we've already okay. you know, I don't. we don't need the You would the hate piping. this jersey I'm wearing right now. <laughs> Absolutely hate it. It looks cool. It's a, like, I don't know. Well, I have an Al Harrington jersey with that exact okay. design, which, yes, I know. I think I've yeah, said it before. We don't I, have I have, to go back through this. Have the Al Harrington jersey. But yeah, so 12 was Dick Barnett. Fallback baby. Great Nick back in the day on the championship teams. And then number 13, I put in Jerome James there as a joke. So oh, man. I, I two, can't remember two votes. if I did or not, but I was planning on doing <laughs> Two that. votes. I'm impressed. So it was Ray Williams and Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson won. So obviously Mark Jackson, all-star, rookie of the year with the Knicks. Ray Williams was also a great Nick with him and Michael Roy Richardson in the 80s. I know like that's one... You'll hear a lot of the, you know, some of my uncles would just be like, man, Ray Williams was so good. I think he's one of those guys we talked about last week a little bit, like a Joe Johnson of their era, where if you ask those guys that grew up watching the game, that's the type of guy you would say, Ray Williams. Did he get votes? Uh, Yeah, he got 10% of the vote, and Mark Jackson basically got 89-90, and then a couple scraps left for our our buddy Jerome James. I I almost put Joe Canelo in there, I think it was just you and me, honestly, who voted for Jerome James. Oh, I didn't vote for Jerome James. Don't put that evil on me. Oh, I thought you said you were going to. No, no, no. I gave a real vote. All right. (laughs) Shit. Fuck. No, I said I put it in there so I could just... I just was curious how many people would vote. Picante Matt. (laughs) That's what they call me. Please, only refer to me as Picante Matt. All right. Number 14... Matty Ice, two, too. Uh, two sides of the spectrum, really, when so, you think about it. It's true. So Matty Ice was what my friends from college referred to me, like, sophomore year. Because the one time that my my one friend had a bunch of friends from home that would come up. And it was the first time they'd ever came to Siena. And I just got very drunk. 
and then the next time they came, basically the same thing happened where I was just like off the shits. So they s- distinctly called me Matty Ice. That was it. And it was just a pseudonym for me being very drunk. So it, it comes out every once in a while, but it's not as uh, it's not as prevalent as it once was. Shout out to Sienna. Yes. Big shouts. Going to be one of the worst teams in D1 this year. Can't wait. <laughs> uh, so number 14 was Mace. May he rest in peace. Anthony Mason. Not a lot of competition with that Shouts one. Shouts to Kazzy Russell, though. Kazzy Russell, a good Nick, too, back in the day. I'm pretty good sure Nick. that he basically ended up leaving the Knicks, though, because he was just upset with his playing time. Because he was right at the end when they got mm-hmm. Bob Bradley, and they basically were both threes. And I think that was the issue. Bob Boozer also like, had a decent career. Yeah, they also, like, pretty much roll-swapped, uh, you know, Kazzy Russell for Earl Monroe. Yeah. Uh, just to kind of segue a little bit there, too. But Yeah, yeah. Uh, so- but yeah, a much better pairing once we got uh, number 15 in there. For sure. So number 15, Earl the Pearl. My pop's favorite player of all time. I too have an Earl Monroe jersey. I like the Earl Monroe. That's a dope jersey too, by the way. You, I you have know the, what? I have, the, I have the maroon and blue one. We could be the Rolls-Royce backcourt because I have the Walt Frazier jersey. Yeah, but do you have the maroon and blue one? No, because I don't think Clyde ever wore that. He didn't play on the Knicks long enough. Clyde played until like 77, right? I don't think it was oh, that yeah. long. I, Earl... think, I, think they, I think they picked it up right after that. Because they I traded Clyde like... to the Cavs, and then Pearl stick, stuck around right. for a little longer. Clyde only pay, played two years, and Clyde retired in 1980. So Yeah, yeah, he, that makes sense. Yeah, I think it must have been. But I think they picked up those uh, those awesome fucking maroon ones in 1980. Or in 1978, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I think Clyde might have just missed it. But i fucking love that shit that's something that i really want to see brought back and i really like that westchester brought it back for a little bit yeah, there they're good throwbacks and the yankees yeah. knicks logo too i know those of you oh, that know man. the jersey know what i'm talking about i'm literally scheduling a tattoo for that this month that is amazing you got to post it on oh, twitter so everyone can see that I'm, I'm going to i love that shit i like the earl monroe earl monroe is a special place in my heart too because like i said he's my dad's favorite player so growing up he would talk about him a lot but it's one of the stories that my uncle was a ball boy for the Knicks, and he likes to tell the story a lot of the guys that when Earl Monroe got traded, it was you know it was a big deal at the time, but you'd find out through the newspaper and how the the news would pass through, and then you'd be talking about your friends about it. But he was you know he was telling me he he walked in because it was Mike Reardon and Dave Stallworth were Knicks at the time, and he walked in and these guys were just crestfallen. They're like beside themselves that they were traded from the Knicks, and he just has some. Like some some of the conversations they had right after, it's just visceral feelings after a trade. It was just a perfect example of that. But Earl Monroe, great Nick. Many are saying. All right, the next two will bring us back down some nice moments that a lot of our fan base remember fondly, because that's all we have to remember. That brought us even a semblance of happiness. So number sixteen was Steve Novak, our guy. Discount double check. I have a discount triple check shirt that I bought on eBay and it has like a picture of him on it and it says discount triple check discount triple check. Yep. And I got him to, I think he retweeted it back in like 2011 because I tweeted it out. Yeah. But you know what? That eBay seller sold that design off of Bailey Carlin anyway. (laughs) So no, you see, I would have just bought it from Bailey in high school. I would have said, Hey, go to tpublic.com and buy some shit. Yes. It's the best merch around. Everyone is saying so. The yeah, Steve Novak was one of my favorite Knicks. Like he's a classic. He it's like him and Prigioni are two of the guys that Knicks fans love, even though they objectively like were not that good. And Novak was even better than Prigioni just because he served his specific role and did it damn well. Did Novak hit above fifty? No, he he led the NBA in 2011-2012, and he was forty seven percent. Didn't he? That, I that's think still that's extraordinarily he, high. I it's know, amazing. I think, I think that season he uh, shot a higher three-point percentage than his actual field goal percentage. It's close. If he didn't, it's I know there was close. one season that he definitely did. Hold on. Well, also, for his career, else... I think he's only like uh, like 0.3% more from the field than he is from three. I think it was like 43-3. Oh, yeah, yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah. All right, so here's the deal. It was the next year that I'm thinking of that he shot 414 from the field and 425 from three. Yes. <laughs> Uh, and then for his career, he is a 437 field goal percentage and 433 point percentage. Yep. Also, there's a thing that was going around that people don't quite know how old Steve Novak is. How uh, old if, is Steve if Novak? If you go to Steve Novak's Wikipedia page, 
you'll see that it says he was born in Libertyville, Illinois. Shouts to Illinois on June 13th, 1983 or 1984. What? Yep. No, go right now. I swear to fucking God. That's ridiculous. Why would they not know? Steve Novak's like Ibaka before Ibaka even knew what he was doing. <laughs> Thon McCurr? Thon McCurr, yeah. It's, <laughs> Steve Novak's like, but but he's from Illinois and not anywhere else. Like, Yeah, that's funny that it says it on his Wikipedia page. I'm looking on, yeah. his, on his basketball reference. It says 83. So I wonder why it has that on Wikipedia. I mean, huh. I'll, I guess there's conflicting reports. <laughs> <laughs> Should have been a big mystery, like the mystery of uh, coming up with the Knicks in the in 2010s. Like, how old is Steve Novak actually? Steve Novak is the fucking like scandal of the draft because we can't <laughs> figure out what his age actually is. <laughs> Fell out of the lottery because of it. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, I love Steve Novak, man. He was awesome. A great Nick. It was. I was sad when he left, and I remember it being a big thing too. I think that year after he led the league in three point percentage going into 2012, 2013, it was a big deal because he. They said he learned how to pump fake, so he would pump fake a lot more and get defenders to fly by him, and then he would take one dribble in and shoot the two. Which, yeah. in hindsight, he should never have done that because that's the worst shot he could ever take ever. Take the three, bro. So interesting. Hold on a second, because we are not quite shedding uh, enough light on his name here. So obviously, uh, Steve Novak didn't really stick until he came to New York. But in 2011, when he was with Dallas, he shot for only seven games, but he shot 75% from three-point range. So I guess I made he made like three or four shots. Yeah, he was probably uh, you know yeah, like you said, literally three or four. Yeah, <laughs> and then 12 for 16 is perfect. To finish that year out, uh, he was he finished in San Antonio, played 23 games, and still shot. Uh, almost 55% from three. And then in 2015, 16 in a short stint with Oklahoma city, he managed to put up uh five fifty six from three. He my ended up playing on a lot of the teams. Day he fucking... Oh wait, maybe not because I was going to say my man could shoot till the day he fucking died. But then at the end of 2015, 16, when he played with Milwaukee, he only shot 33 from three. And then his final year of Milwaukee in eight games, he shot 17%. Ah, small sample size. That doesn't small count. Small sample size. It, that it, doesn't count. It doesn't count. But he's, uh, I would love to um, try to, I think Milwaukee might have to be a league pass because I need to hear him as an analyst. Yeah. I've, hear, I've heard him a couple times. He's quite good. Yeah. Yeah. He'll always have Marquette, a special man. place in our hearts, though, for sure. Always. All right. Speaking of, number 17, another runaway was Jeremy Lin. I'm glad that Jeremy Lin gets the respect he he deserves. Yes. Knicks fans, definitely, when you talk about best moments, you know, most memorable, it really was. I saw someone tweet at us and say it was like 10 days of being on meth. And I was like, yes, that's exactly how I felt. That's exactly was amazing exactly how we felt it was such a high uh, and it was never coming down and then of course it uh, all things have to come back to earth eventually but god it was amazing heading into the 2018-19 season who do you think knicks fans have a stronger affinity for jeremy lynn or carmelo anthony mellow that's a good question i think mm, lynn is a different case because mellow is like the relationship that you were in for a long time and while some of the memories are definitely hurtful like there were so many you good s- memories too like i think it means more but the lynn sanity thing was like a flash in the pan that you just kind of like it was awesome for a little while and then it petered out quickly so i think when people yeah, think back on Mello, benefit situation you kind of lose steam after a bit yeah right. i feel well, it's, you it's like you guys see the movie inside out yeah it's like you know how inside the, wait which end, one is that, uh, the, is disney, that- the disney pixar movie is that the one with the feelings? Yes. No, so, I haven't seen that. Oh, it's fantastic. I saw it three times it. when it was in theaters. You got to see it. I think I've probably seen it 10 times since, but you know how... Is it, it better than the Emoji movie? Oh my Anything. God, it's not even close. <laughs> Anything is better than that movie. I resent you for bringing up the Emoji movie on this podcast. <laughs> but it's like at the end when she learns that having a, a happy and sad memory is the pinnacle of life and that's how you like learn things like that's how that's how it is with mellow man like there's a lot of great moments that didn't really reach the heights that we hope anthony is the pinnacle of life no i'm saying that the experience that knicks fans had with mellow is the experience that a lot of 
athletes have with a fan base where they aren't able to reach the heights that they hoped they could but that doesn't mean that it was all a waste and it's still something that we'll remember fondly like there's plenty of great mellow moments that will always mean something to Knicks fans coming up so that's the long-winded answer why I think it's mellow but I think just because it's a different type of feeling it is mellow the the answer is definitely mellow but yeah Jeremy Lin does have there is some kind of strange you know lasting memories and affection for Jeremy Lin even if it all went south kind of quickly. But we don't remember that. That's not what we remember with with. Yeah, it's Lynn. funny how, how that's been, like, completely washed away. Yeah. That, like, you know, we, like, that was the, that was the year that Baron Davis was on the team, too. And Mike Bibby. Is that, and Mike Bibby. That was, they were all three playing on them, and it was supposed to be, like, it, I mean, Jeremy Lin wasn't even a discussion at the beginning of the year, but between Mike Bibby, Tony Douglas, and Baron Davis. There was supposed to be, you know, a star point guard buried in there, the answer to the Knicks point guard's needs. And it all just failed miserably. But, like, you know, finding Jeremy Lin in the course of all that out of the blue, it was supposed to be it, it was supposed to be how we kind of all remember it. And then people don't remember, you know, obviously he got injured. And then, you know, then obviously Baron Davis got injured. And obviously Mike Bibby was ready to retire. And Tony Douglas wasn't quite what everyone wanted him to be. But, uh... But yeah, no one remembers Jer- you know the poison pill contract, everything that happened there, and you know Jeremy Lin accepting our offer and then backing out on it. Mike Bibby was long retired before he came to New York. Let's get one thing straight There's here: no reason for Mike Bibby to be playing <laughs> in New York. The the thing with Lin too, you mentioned it. I can remember they played Miami, and I think it was a nationally televised game, and I think Lin turned the ball over like at least eight times. And then it was kind of after that, like it, it, insanity had already started to die down a bit. But then after that, it was just never the same. And then you know the, the injuries, the the fall isn't what we remember because it was such a flash in the pan that we weren't as connected to it. It was not as like natural. It was just so unbelievable. Feeling. Right, right. So we were taking guy, anything we could get. This kid came out of nowhere. You know, bottom out of the Golden State Warriors, who were a laughing stock of the league at that point, and like, and then shows up in New York and fucking like. I think that was my senior year of high school. And I remember like sitting in my basement with the girl I was dating at the time, just like watching that Lakers game uh, when he just tore Kobe Bryant to fucking sheds. And like, I, I just, I don't know, like that memory just, I, I think that's going to be one of those Knicks memories that will never escape me for pretty much my entire fandom. You watched the Knicks with your high school girlfriend? I Yeah. You know, it's funny. I My track record of getting, you know, like, people that I'm dating to sit down with me and watch basketball games has only gotten worse since then. <laughs> That's because the older we happened. get, the less they're going to put up with your bullshit. Like you've been dating it's your so current true. girlfriend now for a little while. She's just like, I'm just going to go do something else. I'm not going to sit here and watch this with you. And the girl, like the woman I'm dating now, like she played basketball. Like she knows <laughs> basketball. She played in high school and everything. I'm like, just sit down and watch a Knicks game with me. She does not want to subject herself to this. And th- no, we don't like, want, we don't we'll go to a to. game. She enjoys going to games, but yeah, she just doesn't understand the uh, the two hours, you know, three to four times a week. Hey, I get it. I get it. All right, let's go through the last two really quick because they're not contentious at all. Number 18, not a lot of options. So our, Honey. <laughs> our favorite Nick in history, Phil Jackson. I saw someone tweet that they they wouldn't vote for Phil Jackson no matter what, even if he was clearly the answer. So that's that's, number 18. That's kind of what I'm thinking there. Like how, you know, prior to Phil Jackson came in in what, 2014? Uh, Something like that. I I think he was 14. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was pretty relatively revered by the Knicks fan base prior to that point for being on the championship teams. And then obviously everything he did since then. How much like what is, I don't even know how to phrase this question, but like what in 180? That Phil Jackson's like legacy has taken in the fa- in in the eyes of Knicks fans in the last couple of years. That's true. Like it, it's I don't know if there's ever been like a player for another team or anything like that that has fallen quite as hard as Phil Jackson has in the eyes of Knicks fans. I don't know if it becomes the point where it's like he's just persona non grata or anything, but I think when you talk about Phil Jackson the player, it's even like ugh, you know, it's just like a groan, and then you're like, oh, you know, he was a great Nick. He did play on some change to teams, but but he yeah. trolled us on his way out the door, like his final way out the door. Like yeah, my everything cares. that Phil Jackson. Oh man, like 
I, I gotta say, I was actually mad when he tweeted that photo of his gross ass feet up on the deck in Montana. I was just more mad because his feet, his feet are disgusting. Disgusting. I, I mean, like he's that. the fucking NBA center, so like I expect, I expect everything. <laughs> yeah, you seen Shaq's feet that, recently? But, my oh god. my god! Oh my god! <laughs> I if, you want. It's yeah, really not. If you've been wearing like size twenty threes for three hour a night for you know fucking twenty years, and I only expect you to have the most gruesome feet. So the last one, number nineteen, the captain Willis Reed, another one hundred percent vote. Thought it was fitting that Clyde and uh, Willis Reed were both unanimous selections. Bookending, exactly, exactly. Those golden lights that are fading so far into the distance. Yes, it's true. So, no love for Donnie Butcher and and Ray Felix, unfortunately. Very sad. Really Miss upsetting you, those Felix. guys. Can you imagine if someone came into the NBA now named Ray Felix? I mean, Donnie Butcher. That's worse. The, the, Donnie, yeah, Donnie Butcher. Is that kid who sounds... plays for the Celtics? Uh, ugh, God. Which one? Just move forward. Just move past it. Because <laughs> there, there's there's a name for this, like, young Celtics player. Yabaselli? No, no, no. It, it, he's, uh, I think he's American, but he's, it's just the most Celtics name I've ever heard. Oh. David move, Duke. Move, move past it. If I find it, I'll let you know. <laughs> All right. So that's 10 through 19. Let me go through it one more time. Number 10, Walt Clyde Frazier. Number 11, Jamal Crawford. Number 12, Dick Barnett. Number 13, Mark Jackson. Number 14, Anthony Mason. Number 15, Earl the Pearl Monroe. Number 16, Steve Novak. Number 17, Jeremy Lin. Number 18, Phil Jackson. And number 19, the captain, Willis Reed. So you get a lot of older names on this one, I feel like, than we had last week. Because we had some newer For ones sure. that won out last week. We don't think we only had two. Or three, I guess, of even in the 2010s. So, keep on listening, guys. We're going to keep rolling on. Be back next week with 20 through 29. We might expand it a little bit, depending on how many numbers these guys have worn. It's hard to say until you get to look it up on Basketball Reference. But keep an eye out. Obviously, not a lot going on in Knicks land, but that doesn't mean we stop shooting the shit and talking about things like uh, Jamal Crawford's 50-point game and... Corbo putting on a jersey up. in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Not to break <laughs> up the uh, the outro, but did we mention, didn't we, uh, the Knicks sign Kadeem Allen? Yeah, we talked about that. It was a couple weeks ago, I think. We definitely okay. talked about it briefly. Okay. Well, Do you have a, I just a, saw... a screaming hot take on Kadeem Allen? No, I don't. He's just on the uh, the Celtics team page still. So oh, yeah, that, that doesn't that. make sense. Because he was the Celtics two-way player last year, and then the Knicks yeah. signed him to a deal. I'm interested in him. He's a uh, I, I, bulldog defensively. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We'll see what he can know. do. Well, if he plays yeah. well, you were the first one. It's all on you. Kadeem Allen is your project. It. Yep. There we go. I got you, Kadeem. All right. So keep an eye on next week, 20 through 29. We'll get the poll out at the beginning of next week. So thanks again for pitching in. Keep them coming, guys. Love the responses. So until next Hopefully, week. Yeah, I think the 20 should be pretty good. I'm excited. We know there's going to be some good ones. I already Too have a couple on the top of my head. In the teens. It's true. All right, Kyle, Corbo, thanks for joining. Hi, guys.